Praise God. Praise God. So incidentally, um, I was going to share something this evening, and then last minute, God just changed it up. Um, but I feel that what God will have me share with you this evening is a word for this season, okay? Um, I just, I've just been so overwhelmed by all the things that are happening. It seems like this world is closing up. How many people feel like that? Like, how many people wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, just come? Ah, you are not many. I, every day, every minute. Maranatha is all I say. I say, Jesus, come. I beg, we're done. We're tired. If you don't have us, when you get to heaven, you meet him. <laughs> if that's what's keeping you here, let's go. I can guarantee you that you're not missing a lot. When we get to heaven, <laughs> Jesus will satisfy all your needs. Praise God. And you don't have to work for it. Marriage is work. If it's baby, you meet your children in heaven. Eh, we'll be all right. Last, last. Good day, okay. So, my heart's cry has been, Jesus, just come. And not really because I want him to just come and let's all be raptured, but because I feel like in this season, if anything, we need more of God. We need so much of God to be stable. It just feels like everything is shifting. Everything is shifting on us. I don't know. Everybody's looking at me like, I'm, am, I living, am I the only one living in this part of the world? Okay, let's start from <laughs> Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 from verse 15. We're going to do a little bit of Bible study this evening. So, Ephesians 5 verse 15. Okay, I'll read the NKJV. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16. It says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Can we read it together? Can we read it together? One, two, go. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Can you give that to me in Amplified? I sometimes like Amplified because it explains things better. Because when you read King James and it says, walk circumspectly. How many of us understood what that thing was? Circumspectly. And some, some I, I don't know, it's just a personal opinion, Sha. But I'm not really sure Jesus speaks in King James. Circumspectly. I'm sure he will say, walk carefully. How many people agree with me? There's old-fashioned old people that like that thou art. I don't think God, I think it's, it sounds a bit arrogant. He just come and say thou art, I am that. No, no. I think he's a cool guy. So he says, therefore, see that you walk carefully. How? Living life with honor, purpose, and courage. It says, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. Not as the unwise, but as wise. In case you are in doubt of what it means to be wise, it breaks it down. It says, sensible, intelligent, and discerning people. So if you don't have those three qualities, if you are not sensible, you are not intelligent, and you cannot discern things, then it says you are not wise. Verse 16. It says, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of 
each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence. It says, because the days are filled with evil. Verse 17. It says, therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Praise God. So this evening, I want to speak to you about redeeming the time. So I'm going to kind of build up on what Pastor Kate taught last week, where he was talking about time. Um, teach us a number of days that we may apply our heart to wisdom. In my opinion, it's pretty much the same thing. But it says, walk circumspectly. It says, walk carefully. Um, basically, what that, is, what that means, and that's not really what I'm focusing on this evening, is that you should make wise decisions, okay? Life is like... Um, Life is like a landmine. You know, in a landmine, you can't really tell where the mines are. So depending on where you put your leg, if you are not careful, it can blow up. It can, you can lose your leg. And that's really how life is. Except you have lived this life before. Then you will know exactly where you should put your leg. But if you've not lived this life before, then you need to walk in this life circumspectly. Praise God. Do we understand? So he's saying you need to be careful in how you live every day. Because you don't really understand this life. So he goes on to tell us how. And you know, I honestly believe, and I, I probably would do that next week. Um, I probably would do that next week. I, only, I believe that the only way you can actually live in this word, world is through the word. Without the word of God, you can never make sound decisions. The word of God is a light onto your path. It is the thing that will show you where you should go, how you should go. It is the manual for your life. Because God created you, he, has, he, he had already seen the end of your life before he started it. And then he gives you a manual and says, this is what you need to do to survive in this life. The funny thing is that a lot of us live without actually reading that manual. And that shows in our everyday life. Let me give you an example. How many people have... How many people read the manuals of their phone. How many people have phones? Okay, how many people have phones? Can I see your hand? How many people have phones? All of them are denying on a phone now. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the, these days, nobody walks again. Everybody, this is how people walk on the road now. Nobody's... And now all of a sudden, I'm asking how many people have phones. Nobody's putting up their hand. How many people have phones? Uh -huh. So when you got your phone, how many of you read the manual? Can you see the difference? The average human being would rather fiddle with the phone till they understand it. Do you know that because you haven't read the manual, there are so many things that your phone does that you have no idea. And that's just how life is. Because you are not reading the manual, there are so many things you can do that you are not doing. There are so many things that are your right that you don't know. There are so many things that you have access to that you don't know because you are not reading the manual. But I don't want to go into that this week. So we'll talk about that next week. But today I want to focus on redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Now, redeeming the time for me means that you need to learn to plan and prioritize. What does it mean to redeem? I'll give you an example. Imagine someone gives you a voucher. Somebody gives you a voucher for... Um, maybe for a supermarket. I can't think of anyone. Okay, maybe ShopRite. For lack of a better... Maybe ShopRite gives you a voucher of 50,000 naira. And you wake up every morning and you just hold on to that voucher and you don't do anything with it. Are you not being wasteful? Now, to somebody who doesn't know you have the voucher, the person might not think you are being wasteful. 
But the person that gave you the voucher knows that you are wasting that voucher because you can go into ShopRite and pick anything that you want worth 50000 Now, what happens is that as human beings, when we are born on this earth, we are given a voucher for time. Every single one of us is given a voucher for time. And the funny thing is that on a daily, we are given the exact same amount of time. So I don't get 28 hours and you get 24. No, everybody gets 24 hours. The difference between those who are making the most of their life and those who are not is that those who are making the most of their lives are redeeming the time. They actually understand that this voucher that has been given to them is worth something and they are making the most of it. So if you're one of those people, I don't know if you feel like that sometimes, but if you're one of those people that you just wake up some days and you feel like you don't have enough time in the day. Is there anybody like that? You push not line. Are we not in church again? So the rest of you, the time is enough. Are you people trying to so are there people who feel like the time is not enough for them in the day? Exactly. And I'll tell you the reason why you feel like that. There are two reasons why you feel like that. Number one, is either you are not doing things efficiently. That means that you're not planning out your day. You can wake up in the morning and just think, let's see how today goes. Or you can wake up in the morning and have a to-do list. I know that for those who are spontaneous and those who are sanguines, they might just feel like, ah, how can I plan my life? If you do not plan your life, life will plan you. That means that anything that happens, you just take it. But if you are deliberate and intentional, you will see that you have more than enough time. Do you know that if you put together the amount of time you used to watch Netflix, you could have written a book? Do you know that? So the first thing is, either you are not using your time efficiently, meaning that you are not planning and you are not prioritizing. It means that you are, taking, you are putting the things that are not important first and the things that are important last. How many people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is grab their phone? How many people grab their phone and check Instagram? How many people grab their phone and check Facebook? How many people grab their phone? You, you people grab your phone and read Bible. It's WhatsApp. Wait, I'm getting there now. You don't you know how they used to set trap for people? You first start from the things they don't really like. Then at the end. That's how Satan came now. He said, did they really say? He knew where he was going. He said, did God really say you should not eat? She too, she was talking. So you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is do what? Check WhatsApp to see how many messages have been sent to you. You have not checked whether the... <laughs> I don't want to say it, but let me, let, me, let me not say that. But you know that a lot of us just assume that it's our right to wake up in the morning. You haven't even spoken to the person that woke you up. You have carried WhatsApp to check. Because what? Because you are important. What message can they possibly be sending to you that is so important? A lot of us forget that it is actually God who wakes us up with a fresh voucher for time. And then we don't give him any time. A lot of times, we think it is our alarm clock that is waking us up. Ah, how many people have those annoying alarms? Me, I have very annoying. I set like 10 alarms. I, sometimes when I wake up, when I'm wondering, why? Why do I have so many? Because the first one wake me, I off it. I sleep back. The second one wake me. 
and I will just, just snooze it. It will continue. <laughs> Your alarm clock is not what's waking you up. It's Jesus. If you are doubting it, go and put, let's go and put phone in mortuary. I remember we stand up. It's God that's waking you up. So the problem is that we don't prioritize. We don't put first things first. We don't do the important things first. So it seems like we don't have enough time because you wake up in the morning, you first do like two. And you know the funny thing, when you start out checking WhatsApp, you do not plan to spend one hour on it. You never do. You never do. Even Instagram, you just want to check if somebody sent you a DM or you just want to quickly check if you have comments. And then somehow, somebody's just to scroll, then another person is on, then to scroll. before you know it, you spend two hours on Instagram. Do you know what you can achieve in two hours? Last week, Pastor Kay told us 250 babies are born in one minute. So do you know how many babies are born in two hours? Redeeming the time. Tell your neighbor, redeeming the time. So if you feel like you don't ever have enough time, it means that you're not prioritizing. And remember, you will give account of every time that has been given to you. I need us to remember these things because we live in a day where we don't really hear these kind of things anymore. People are too focused on what they can get, what they want. God give me this, God give me that, God give me this. The, the one he has already given you, what have you done with it? That's the question you need to ask yourself today. The time God has given you, what have you done with it? You are praying for other blessings, but time is the first blessing that God has given you. So what have you done with it? You must be accountable for the time that God has given you. So if you feel every day that your time is not enough, you are probably wasting your time. You are not redeeming it. You are wasting your time. If you go on a Netflix fast, I guarantee you, you will achieve a lot more. If you go on a series fast. Somebody don't really like me this night, but I'm going to say the truth. Tell anybody she's going to say the truth. If you will go on a series fast, you will achieve a lot more. There's time. You are just not managing it well. You have time. You have 24 hours. What you are doing with the time is what's making it seem as if it's not enough. Secondly, if you feel that your time is not enough, it means that you are probably doing the things God did not ask you to do. I'm going to give you some practical tips on how you can manage your time. See, I found out that as human beings, we have a natural tendency to worry over the things that are not important. Let me show you, even from the Bible, I'll show you. Luke 10. You know, it's a common story. But I, I, need, I need to read it in these versions. Maybe if, if I read it in these versions, you'll see clearer. It's a very common story. Um, Mary and Martha, Jesus was coming to their house. And Jesus was, I mean, Jesus still is a very important person. So Jesus was coming to their house. And of course, if you have a special guest coming to your house, what do you do? You take the time to prepare. Especially if you are, if, if you are well-trained, in quotes, you have home training. You will clean the house, you will cook, and you will not just make indomie. You will make the best meal and the hardest meal you can make. Am I right? So you probably will do maybe pounded yam and one kind of soup. And you will not even do one. You will do variety. Am I right? So that if he comes, if he doesn't want to swallow, he can eat fried rice and chicken and plantain and... No, I don't like food. <laughs> okay. And you plan to do it. So Martha woke up that morning and decided to do all this work. So she was cutting, she was cooking, she was cleaning... 
um, Jesus arrived. She was still in the kitchen doing things. In fact, she, she must have been upset by that time because Jesus had come and things are not ready. So she was making, she was even working harder and making it faster. And Mary, her younger sister, went to sit down with Jesus and was gisting. And honestly, if that girl was my sister, I'm still, I'm still imagining the knock, the conk that I would have pressed in her forehead. That we are preparing for Jesus. Is it only you that can gist? She went to sit down with Jesus and she was gisting. And she must have been laughing and enjoying the gist. Because I'm sure Jesus can gist. Because I mean, look at his parables. He used to tell stories. So Jesus must have been gisting her hot gist. She would not be laughing. You know that laugh that is annoying? You know that laugh? She would not be throwing her head back. And laughing. And Martha's body was biting her in the kitchen. I, I have a younger sister, so I know how younger sisters can be annoying. She was in the kitchen doing all this work, and that one just balanced. And so at some point, she got upset. That Jesus, don't you care? Is this thing even fair? That's why you won't talk to this girl. This thing she's doing, is it good? That she came here to sit down, there's work to be done. And see what Jesus said to her. Jesus said, Martha, dear Martha, you are forcing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. How can Jesus say that it's over nothing? Somebody's annoying you, and rightfully so. You should be annoyed because what she's doing is rubbish. Are there people like that? I mean, no, I'm, I'm one of those where I can't take rubbish. Show. There's a way rubbish is to annoy me be more than normal. So I, ha I have very low tolerance for nonsense or bad behavior. Somebody that doesn't have behavior, I can't stand it at all. And then Jesus says that she's worrying for nothing. Because I'm sure I would have been shouting. I would probably have gone to pull her ear. That's how my body will be biting me and my body will be shaking. And Jesus said, you are getting yourself worked up over nothing. In other words, calm down. And how many of you know that in the history of calm down, <laughs> calm down has never calmed anybody down. <laughs> when they say calm down to you, your body will even be more ginger. So she was probably even more annoyed. And then Jesus said in verse 42, he said, one thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it, is the main course. He says, and it will not be taken from her. So not, it's not the food. It's not the activity you are doing. It is the spending time with me and finding out what I really need. Give me the TPT, I believe. Give me the other version. Because sometimes I like to read in this version. So it says, and the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? There are many things distracting you. If it's distracting you, it will waste your time. You need to know for sure what God will have you do. If you are doing more, if you are doing, if you feel like you don't have enough time, it means that you are doing what God did not send you. So is it that you're wasting your time or you are doing something that God did not tell you to do? Sometimes we can carry things, you know, some, <laughs> it's well, it says, why are they really that important? So sometimes you need to just take inventory of your life. Just sit down and ask yourself, these things that I'm even running after, are they really that important? In the grand scheme of things, if I don't do this thing, will anybody die? You know, you will declutter your life if you can actually look at things like that. Weighed against eternity. Will it matter? If Jesus comes today, will it matter? 
So we're chasing things that don't even really matter. And Jesus called them distractions. And I, I, you know the funny thing? What really hits me here is that she was doing these things for Jesus. So are there things you think you are doing for Jesus that he did not send you? So you're bothered about unnecessary things. Give me the next verse. It says, Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. It says she's undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. If Jesus has not told you to do it, you're wasting your time. If Jesus has not told you to do it, you're wasting your time. So that tells me that your major priority should be what? Jesus. Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else. Jesus should be your major priority. Apart from Jesus, every other thing can be removed in your life. Every other thing. There are some things that you will start to eliminate from your life that will save you time. Let me give you a few quick tips on how to save yourself time. Number one, learn to say no without feeling bad. Sometimes, the things we're carrying on ourselves and wasting our own time that we should be using for profitable things is because we're afraid of what people will say. If I don't do it, what would they say? If I don't help her now, what would she say? Nothing. And if she says anything, it's her business. You must be free from living for people, free from people approval, free from approval addiction. Some people are living just for people. You don't really want to do that five-year course. But because you want people, you don't, what will people say? People won't say anything when you fail, oh. They will move on to other gist because your gist will not be fine, especially in this day of social media. You will think that if this, your gist come out now, the next minute another person will, another thing will happen. Maybe Senator will slap somebody. <laughs> and you do, everybody just move on in this life. Nobody's thinking about you. What will people say? They're not saying anything because they have their own issues. So the first thing is you must learn how to say no. Sometimes, just say no. Please come ahead and say no. It's okay. Practice it. Let's do it together. Say no. no. Some people can't say no. Say no. no. If it makes you feel better, say no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh -huh. Or you say no, please. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, no. But that no, Sha, let it be there. Too many people are carrying on more than they can. Too many people. We are doing much more than they sent you. Who sent you? Say no. It's all right. Do you know it's all right to say no? The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Which means it's okay to say no. God won't tell us to say no if no was wrong. There are times you must just say no. Plan your life and look at your life. I'm not talking about being selfish. But I'm saying sometimes it's okay to just look at your life and say, if I add this to my life, it will distract me from the real thing that I'm supposed to be doing. So sometimes it's okay to say no. Number two, how to save time. Learn to delegate and train others. Now, this is a big problem for people who are melancholy. So if you are like me, it's very hard. I had to learn this. I'm still learning it, but I had to learn it. How to delegate to other people. The problem is that most times we feel people won't do it as well as we can. But if people don't make mistakes, they will never learn. So let them do it badly the first time. The second time, they will learn. 
But if you are doing what other people can do, you know, I had, to, I had to get to a point in my life where I had to prioritize. I had to ask myself, what are the things that I'm the only one that can do it? And what are the things that people do for me? It's not a problem. But you can't do everything. Everybody needs help. Everybody. Give me Exodus 18, verse 13. Moses did something. Moses was with the children of Israel. And he was, because he was their leader, he was also the person that they would come to if they had different issues. So somebody stole somebody's manna, they would come to him. Somebody's cow fell down and his neighbor did not even pick it, they would come to him. Somebody's daughter is eyeing somebody's son, they would come to him. Somebody's neighbor stole somebody's wife, they would come. So he was handling every single matter. It says, the next morning, Moses sat down at the place where he decided legal cases for the people. And everyone crowded around him until evening. And Jethro, that was his father-in-law, saw how much Moses had to do for the people. And he asked, why are you the only judge? Why do you let these people crowd around you from morning till evening? Verse 15. And Moses answered, because they come here to find out what God wants them to do. You know, that, that line, when I read it, it, was very funny to me. They come to you to find out what God would have them. So why are they not just asking God? Okay, well, that time they couldn't ask God. Verse 16. It says, and they bring their complaints to me, and I make decisions on the basis of God's law. 17. And Jethro replied, that isn't the best way to do it. So that thing you are doing, there's a better way. There's a better way. There's a better way for you to be more productive. See the answer, 18. It says, you and the people who come to you will soon be worn out. It says, the job is too much for one person. You cannot do it alone. So he goes on to tell him how he can pick faithful men and pick reliable men. If you are the only person doing it, you will burn out. So everything you are doing in your life, you must start to train people to replace yourself. That's the only way to save time. The only way to save time. You, because you can do hair, you want to do hair, you want to wash clothes, you want, you'll be burnt out. You'll be tired. And that's what was happening to Moses. At the end of the day, Moses was exhausted. So he, can't, he couldn't now deal with the more important issues. And that's what happens to us on a daily. So you now burn out, and then the more important things, you can't do them anymore because you are so busy what you want to wash clothes. How much is dry cleaner, please? Some of us are bigger than sweeping our house. Not out of pride, but because your time is worth much more than that. What you can be doing with that time is more important. So learn to delegate and train other people. The third thing, if you are going to save time, learn to obey God. Learn to obey God. That means do only the things he asks you to do and turn down the things he does not ask you to do. Sometimes, they have, if you, you see, the thing is, we don't really take time to ask God. If you spend time in God's presence, he will reveal his nature, he will reveal his will, he will reveal his passion and his presence to you. The things that are really important to God, they're not too many. All these other things we're doing is, is for us. But unfortunately, we have reduced prayer to just what we can get from God. So every time we're praying is, God, give me this. God, do this for me. How many times do you really get on your knees and say, God, what do you want from me? God, what do you want me to do for you? We spend our time doing the things that are not important. 
because we don't take time to ask God. Do you know that if you can simply ask God, what do you want me to do with my life? Do you know that it will save you running around time? It will save you running around trying to figure it out. And too many of us are trying to figure it out on our own. Where we have access to God. We have access to the Holy Spirit. Which is, I'm so excited about this month's teaching. Baptism of Holy Spirit. Because we have access. We have access to a power that is higher than any. I mean, that's our secret weapon. You'll be amazed at the things God will reveal to you if you will spend time with him. There's nothing, nothing that is happening in your life that is taking God by surprise. Nothing. But we are the ones that are shocked. He knows, but he won't say anything until you ask him. He says, call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know about. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you go to God in prayer and ask him, what am I supposed to do in my life? He will tell you. Simple. Simple. You don't, you need, you don't need to stress. You don't need to waste time. I still tell, sometimes I still jokingly tell Pastor K that if I had been more obedient and more attentive to God, I probably would have met Pastor K earlier. So I just wasted, it's not fair to say wasted, but I just spent five years of my life dating somebody I wasn't going to marry. When if I had just asked God from the beginning, he would have answered me exactly the way he answered me when I now took the time to ask him. Because when I was not ready to get married, and I asked God, who is the one? And he showed me very clearly. He said, look at him. He's the youngest. He's taking care of the sheep. Arise and anoint him. He's the one. Clear and simple. I knew my path. Very simple. When my parents were insisting, oh, do your master's in this, do this. I knew that I was going to waste their money. But they were the one paying. It did not consign me. I knew that God was calling me to a life of ministry. I knew. So I'm telling you that if you ask, if you ask, and you're not too afraid not to hurt people, you will save a lot of time you are using to try to figure it out. If you take the time to pray and ask God, what exactly is your plan for my life? And God has a plan. He says, I know the plans that I have towards you. So it's not, it's not gambling. He has specific plans to give you a future and a hope. In fact, the future, some versions say the future that you hope for. So he has very clear specifics. If you will take the time to ask God, you will save yourself a lot of time. A lot of people are in relationships today because of, let's see how it goes. Am I right? Let's see how it goes. You will do five years and it won't go anywhere. If you had taken the time to ask God from the beginning, you would have saved yourself that five years. You would have used it to go and do something more important. Some people are supposed to be fashion designers they are reading medicine. They want to do surgery. It's not human being you're supposed to sew. It's cloth. <laughs> if you would just simply ask God, he will make it clear to you. I'm telling you, some of the things we spend our time and energy doing, if we would just ask God, he will clearly tell you. And I'm trusting God that in this generation, at least we know better. So when our children come to us, we will take the time to pray and hear God and not waste their time. Because some people, are, they, some people are, they are doing accounting and there's no accounting anywhere in their blood. And they are failing, but they are there because, I mean, what will people say? I can't count how many people I know who, are, who dropped out of medical school. 
There's no medicine in them, but because they won't take the time. If you will take the time, it will save you time. So it may look like you are wasting time by praying, but you are actually saving yourself time because God will tell you things that you will not need to run around anymore. You will just settle on it and you are good. So before you get into that relationship of let's see how it goes, why don't you see what God has to say about it? Take the time and pray. And just save yourself, both male and female, before you go and talk to that girl and receive nail. Jesus has been nailed. He has paid the price for us all. So you can save yourself all of that if you just take the time to pray. And it says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. And I mean, this, if, <laughs> if there's any time that is evil, it's now. We need to understand the times that we live in. We live in a time and a season where it seems like everything is upside down. And if you keep wasting your time, you won't know when Jesus... Because, I mean, these are the signs that will bring Jesus back. Because a lot of us don't know that Jesus is coming back. He is. I know it sounds cliche, but Jesus is coming back. And he's coming to ask us all, all our works to be tested. We don't hear those kind of messages anymore. And trust me, I understand the place of grace because your works won't save you. But you must work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There must be a part where you play. You carry your own cross as well. There must be a part where you play, where you live your life. See, righteousness is the gift. Holiness is what you work out to. These are things that you will go, you must attend the journey, learn these things. It may look like you're wasting time every Saturday for, 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 for a whole month, for weeks. But you are learning things that will save you time. By the time you learn how to pray, you learn how to hear the Holy Spirit, how to walk with the Holy Spirit, your life will turn around. These are not things you play with. That's how you actually redeem the time, by spending time with God. Jesus said that's the only thing that is important. The only thing. So you ask yourself, what, what days are we in? 2 Timothy 3. In case somebody hasn't seen it before, let me just read it to you. So you will see, and you will tell me for yourself if we are not in those days. It says, you can be certain, I'm reading from verse 1. You can be certain that in the last days, there will be some very hard times. It says people will love only themselves and money. Is that happening now or not? It says they will be proud, stuck up, rude. Very rude. I've never seen a, a, a in fact, is there a word like ruder generation? They are the rudest generation I've ever seen. So because somebody can buy data, you just put something on your page. They can't walk by. It's disturbing them. They must talk. They will come back and say, I mean, there was one day Pastor put up a picture of me. And there's this hair that said you sells that's called Wig Mildred. So I had that hair on in the picture. And then someone now said, Ah, she's fine, Sha, but why must she always have this hair? Why must she always have curly hair? I think you should try another. I see. I was I was totally confused. First of all, you are not Pastor K, my husband. Secondly, you are not the person that gives me hair. I don't even know how it is any of your business. We need to, this generation does not know that it's not everything you say you talk. It's not everything. There's a path for closing your mouth. Shut your mouth. It's all right. You will not die. Rude. Look at them. Rude. Very rude. And disobedient to their parents. You can't tell them something and they will say yes. Why? Why? And we are saying they're intelligent. It's not intelligent. So look at it. It's end times. It says and they will be ungrateful. I've never seen a generation more entitled. Anything you do for them in this generation, they think it's their right. 
Very entitled. Say they will be ungrateful. They will be godless. Verse 3. They will be heartless and hateful. I mean, how do you, how do you troll somebody till they kill themselves? It's become a thing. So you will troll somebody on social media until the person goes to commit suicide. As, as in, how do you say hateful things to people until they become depressed? How do you, a generation where is, is, it, doesn't, it, doesn't disturb, it doesn't disturb you to make someone else unhappy. I can, I can never get over that. The fact that they are okay with making someone's life miserable. Somebody will be JJO happy. You just put yourself, your picture on your husband. Immediately you finish like this. DM to your husband. Demons and agents of darkness. Oh, you know, you know I was coming there, Abby. Yeah, I'm coming for them, side chicks. I'm here for them this year. They are just possessed. Wicked, heartless and hateful people. They don't, like, they don't like anybody to be happy. Somebody actually, in fact, oh, no, it's end times. That's all I'm going to say. Let me not go there because there are some people that are committed. They are committed to being hateful. They can't see anything good and say, somebody puts a picture of herself. They can't say you are fine. Never. They must say something bad. She's okay, but the wing of her eyeliner did not fully go up. It takes a hateful person. You must be hateful for you not to be able to see anything good about somebody else. For you to always find something bad to say, you know, growing up, there was something that we were taught. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. All of a sudden, that doesn't exist anymore. Heartless and hateful, their words will be cruel. Very cruel. On Instagram, sometimes I'm amazed. I'm, I'm blown away. I'll just, I'll, I'll, in fact, some days it takes me like three days to recover from one post. I'll just be like, what is, what's, what's the problem? Why so unhappy? Why so, why, why? Sometimes I feel like giving them, just go and hug them and give them fried plantain or something. Like, something to, you know, because, I mean, Dodo makes everybody okay. Uh, once you just fry Dodo like this, You'll be all right. People are unhappy. You know, Pascal says the lot. You know, people are unhappy with their lives. And I really feel sorry for them. Very unhappy with their lives. Say they are cruel. And they have no self-control. That's it now. Anything that is passing. Anything. They do anything now. No regard. Naked on social media. Everything. Twerking. I'm like, what's going on? Hmm. They will have no self-control or pity. These people will hate everything good. Verse 4, they will be sneaky, reckless, and puffed up with pride. Somebody will offend you and be arrogant about it. It's only this generation I'm seeing it. End times. Before, if somebody does something bad, they will be ashamed. And they will be sorry. Now, arrogant about it. As if it's their right to be mean to you. Or their right to insult you. It's my page. If you don't like me, unfollow. After all, I didn't come to call you to follow me. And some people, are, they are so determined. On my page, you have, to, you have to follow me to be able to comment. They will follow you, comment, then will follow you. Just so that they can say, why so demonic and evil? See, it's sneaky, reckless, puffed up with pride. Instead of loving God, they will love pleasure. Verse 5. Even though they will make a show of being religious, Jesus gave. Hashtag. 
Jesus care. Their religion will not be real. He says, don't have anything to do with such people. We're in those days. We're in those days. Now is those days. This is the days that they were talking about. We're in it now. The only way you can escape being like this is to ensure that you are doing God's will. Give me Ephesians 5 again. Let's read it together again. Let's end with that. That's the only way you can be sure that you are not like this. You must be doing God's will. There's no time. You must be doing God's will. He says, see then that you walk... Give me verse 17. He says, therefore, do not be unwise. That means don't... You must recognize the times that you are in. Don't just say, hey, things are just happening like that. No, you have to be conscious. Something is happening. He said, look at the seasons and the times. Something is happening. He says, don't be unwise, but you must understand what the will of the Lord is. If you know what God's will is and you are doing it, that's the only way you can escape being like that. Escape doing all these things that I read out to you this night. You must be very committed to doing God's will. The only way to know God's will is to study his word and to pray. I know those things sound old-fashioned, but you must make time. You need to cut down on Instagram. Cut down on Facebook. Cut down on WhatsApp. Do you know that if you do not check WhatsApp for a day, you will not die? You know there are some people that when their phone rings, they don't pick it. They can be sick. My phone will ring. It will ring. If I will ring... I will almost ring with it. I'm not moved. You will be all right. Do you know that your phone is not connected to your hand? You can actually put it down. Like you can use your hand for other things. There are people whose hands are perpetually like this. Cut down. Cut down on social media. Cut down. If you can cut down on Netflix, social media, Instagram, Facebook, all those things, you will find time to pray. Because I hear people saying, I don't have time to pray. But did you eat today? If you found time to eat, you have time to pray. If you found time to go to the toilet, you have time to read your Bible. Because rather than looking at WhatsApp when you were sitting on the toilet, you could have been reading your Bible. All it takes is five minutes. Five minutes, one verse in you, five minutes, meditate on it the whole day. It will make a whole lot of difference as opposed to not doing anything. So you have to be very intentional if you're going to redeem the time. You have to be very, very intentional. You need to take the time and say, I am no longer, I'm going to cut down on this. Wake up in the morning, be deliberate, do a daily inventory of your life as you're going to bed now. Say, this thing, what did I do today with my time? You know what will save a lot of people's time? Get yourself an organizer. Simple. It will change your life. Simple organizer or diary, you'll be amazed. Everything you do tomorrow, fill it in. Between 1 and 2, I watched Netflix. Between 6 and 7, I did Instagram. You'll be amazed that you will see so much time that you did nothing with. Some people are even at the office and they don't do any work. Absolutely nothing. But it says we must redeem the time because the days are evil. Satan is working and we are playing. And as I always say, the person you are playing with is not playing with you. So he's being intentional, but are you being intentional? So you're going to make up your mind. Tonight we're going to pray. We're going to pray like that song. We're going to say, Lord, you can move it out of the way. Anything that is a hindrance to my doing your will, move it out of the way. I'm making you my priority. From today, only one thing is important, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at my day every day, and I'm going to give account of it. 
I'm going to stop wasting time. Tonight we're going to make a commitment. Can we rise to our feet?